0: Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast uh, I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon uh, Beautiful, feeling like a summer evening here uh, my, my window here in the Beaverton Podcast studio Face west, so I've got the sun streaming in uh, What a day to be alive, folks Happy to have you here. Happy to have Keevan here. What's up, Keevan? From uh, whatever part of Milwaukee you're from.
1: Beautiful Milwaukee. White Whitefish, Whitefish Bay. Almost said White Folks oh. Bay.
0: How could I forget? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Wait, but, you
2: uh,
3: live in Whitefish Bay now? Yeah.
2: Jesus. He lives, he lives like right over the border, too. He's like, he could have chosen to live in Shorewood, and he intentionally chose to live on the Whitefish Bay
0: side of his block. Yeah.
3: Can you imagine what 15-year-old Keevan would think? He would be labbergasted.
0: 15-year-old Keevan didn't have to find a house that he liked that he could buy.
3: Yeah, but well, he did
0: stand for something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I wish we could go back to that because uh, today my knees and my ankles hurt because for the first time in a year, I touched a soccer ball and, like, ran around and chased Whoa, after it. Hey. It was great. Amazing. It was, uh, it was um, <laughs> the one highlight or low light, I should say, but I'll share it because this is uh, – a funny story in that it was like the typical i don't know what i'm doing because when i like run full speed just because i haven't run full speed in the last like year so i'm running full speed after a ball and very like top heavy like trying to like track the ball but also sprint at the same time and just very top heavy and no one around me took a spell took a fall nice. right on, right, on, nice. right <laughs> after I skidded my knees, no one around me. Someone else was behind me and like went to clear the balls, like inside of our own box. It hits off my back and like goes somewhere on <laughs> direct <laughs> so, the, the,
2: uh, top heavy. No one around me. Take a fall is, uh, I'm going to change this into an American football reference, but who the quarterback for the giants, Daniel Jones, is that his name? He like yeah. broke a run like uh, this, this year early in the year. And he was like, just home free, and it's like a 90-yard run, and he fell on the 10 just because his just the upper body got going too fast, and the yeah, legs were very tired. The legs were yeah. s- they're weak, and they were tired, and they could not keep going. It might not going. be that
0: the upper body goes too fast. It's the lower body. slows down. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: The yeah. upper
2: body did not decelerate at the same speed as the legs,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I was tracking it
1: well, just couldn't get there fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> you were really, asking really the right, right questions
2: though. of the legs. The legs just were like, nah, yeah. nah, nah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was the warm up. Yeah, so you know, that was the introduction back to running after a soccer ball. But hey, I was on on a field and kicking a ball, so it felt good.
2: Good for you. I have
1: had a had a mask on, so you know, a little bit of a uh mm. some sun, odd sunburn, but hey, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh honest question, how are the pitches after a year of not being used? Are they like in Immaculate. great shape? Like the best <laughs> shape they've ever been in? That
1: that's a great question. We were but we played like at a high school, like high school, it was Menominee Falls was JV field, and half of it was dandelions. So, I, beautiful. Just, sounds pretty it sounds nice. Sounds
0: about right. So, yeah. it's,
3: it's just like it's coming it full circle to like when you first started playing as, you know, a five year old. Yeah. No, I mean, and, I mean, Nature the, is the fields healing. aren't, yeah, the, the standards <laughs> aren't too high.
1: So, I, I'm not going to say that that They'll was like, it. oh, this is a bad field. And again, I haven't they, played they, in like a year. So, like, count, like, I'll take it. Something. But, but on the other a, hand,
2: you wouldn't have tripped if that dandelion hadn't tripped you. <laughs> yeah, you right. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, yep, that's it. Was there a point in the in the game where you just kind of lost interest and started kicking the dead dandelions and, like, <laughs> so the little dandelion flowers started going all over the place? No, at that point, I just, hey, I
1: made too long of a run. To sub me off. <laughs> <laughs> Team player. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Extreme ownership.
0: Uh, uh Mike Samuelson is in Minneapolis. I mean, it's, it's hard to follow that up. Um,
3: just incredible intro. I'll just say that. You don't have to. You know, normally, normally Dan is far and away the best haired person on the pod. And Palmer's got great hair, but, you know, Palmer's, Palmer's leading in the kind of traditional category. And I'd say Dan is, is the leader in, I don't know what you, I'd call it, the, the long haired category, uh, the edgy category, whatever you want to yeah, call very
0: it. Very edgy. That's, that's my brand. Dan,
3: he's, <laughs> he's edgy. Uh, but mm. this week, I mean, with Keevan on the pod, it's really neck and neck. Just two beautiful heads of hair. Um, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to pick one. So I'm excited to see who Colin's going to choose for his favorite head of hair.
2: I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not in that competition. Like, I'm glad that you and I have just stayed out of the way. Like You don't want to compete with those two. No,
0: no. I'm, I'm very jealous of Keevan's hair because it's long enough that uh, you could really get it up into a very high quality uh, top bun. And not have the back fall out, which is really the issue that I'm at right now. Uh, you know, getting that man bend up high enough that I'm really happy without uh, letting it all fall out the back. Keith, Even, definitely not having that problem.
3: We should have asked actually, Keith. How did you wear the hair during this this game? Was it in a top bun, a ponytail, pigtails? It's gooty. a it's
0: gooty. Gooty. It's a
1: lace. It's a, no, oh no, lace. No, just I oh. tie it back, but kind of, kind of, laton style, but have a lot more flyaways. He, you know, he puts a little more grease on his hair. So, yeah, yep. yeah.
2: You're just straight up like at this point in your career, clearly the skill is not there, but you're still going to try to make Leeds United starting lineup via the hair. You're like oh, a lot yeah. of those guys have the top bun. I'm going for it. I feel like if the hair is good enough, they'll have to sign me.
1: Oh, yeah. And this is like the over 30. So this is like uh, it's like a bunch of British guys and then some guys that uh, I coach with, you know, pretty good. So I just like, just put me wherever you want on the field. So I just pulled, I played right back. So I did my best, uh, Luke Ailing impression.
0: So there you go. The exactly. Love it. Exactly. Love it. So Good. Need to get in the over 30 league. Uh, uh Colin, it's fun. <laughs> I keep, I keep cutting Keevan off as I introduce new people, That <laughs> this is, we're done. We're done. Colin, you're from the swamp. What's up?
2: Oh, it's beautiful in the swamp. There's just so much joy on this podcast today. Uh, I got to bring it, bring it back down. I had a joyous weekend. I'm not gonna lie. It was great. Uh, was at a friend's house for a little outdoor hangout with their kids. Uh, very recently, you know, an hour ago, two hours ago and having a great time with my son. These people have one of those little tykes hoops and then the big hoop just right there next to it, right behind it. And so I give Ross the little basketball. He dunks a couple and then he's like, daddy, do it on the big hoop. And, you know, I miss a layup and he looks at me like, why did you miss? And then I miss again. And then he goes, uh, um, Daddy, I think you need a ladder. Ooh. And I was just like, damn. That
0: is so good.
2: Damn. That is. And then I, so then, you know, obviously, I, you know, then I, I tr- try very hard and make a couple layups in a row. And I'm like, two, I'm like, look, buddy, two, three in a row. He's like, he doesn't care. He's wandered off at no, this
0: point. At that point. Yeah. yeah. Like really,
2: two year olds will really bring you back down. So you
1: but. failed. You failed the first impression of basketball on your side. exactly. He's
2: like, "Daddy can't play basketball. Needs a ladder." Check. Got it. Moving on. <laughs>
0: okay, he'll remember that the rest of his life. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, I've got a little warm up. I was listening to a podcast earlier. Uh, it was a running podcast. They were talking about how they thought that. Um, broadcasts of track meets could be improved which is probably a thing that uh doesn't get a lot of funding doesn't like i can imagine there's plenty of improvement for like track meets broadcasts being improved but it made me wonder uh, a little warm-up here what are the things about soccer broadcasts that bug you that you would like to see improved or like out of the box ideas like i would just love to see this graphic on the screen when it happens or whatever it is um I've got a thing that bugged me this weekend, so uh, I'm prepared for this. And so I'm hoping you guys have some ideas also. Mike, what do you got? I was really excited to hear what you had to say because uh, I don't have any great
3: ideas. I mean, I can,
0: I can tell you if pick, you want me to start try to get the ball rolling. Take us here. off, Dan. <clears throat> so uh, in a game, at least the Premier League games on NBC, if a player gets a red card, the little thing pops down from the score and stays there the rest of the game. And that's just taken up screen real estate. And I don't really care, like, who got a red card and in what minute. Like, we don't leave the goal-scoring stats up all game. That's actually more, right? Like, put a little, I don't know, put a little red logo next to the score of that team or next to their little three-letter thing. So I know that there are only 10 men on the field or somebody got a red card, right? That's fine. But, like, don't leave that little dangling thing down there off of the score. The entire Like, yeah. it just... I don't I think, need it. I, don't I think need
2: ESPN it. does exactly what you're talking about too.
0: I've definitely maybe seen, definitely ESPN seen the little red
2: real red like an actual card just like kind of popping up over oh, the Oh, ESPN
0: does it the better way. Oh yeah. well. Yeah. All yeah.
2: right. It so well, can you go. be done. That's all I'm saying. It can be done. That's just yeah. silliness.
0: There you go. Uh, Mike, how was that? Now you got something? That was great. I mean, uh, that
3: feels very realistic. I'm gonna go in a different direction, which is just like up as many people as possible. Oh, um, mic up the ref yeah, is mine. I, I, at least the I ref. I definitely want the ref mic'd up, but ideally I'd like to have more players mic'd up. I'd love to have the goalies mic'd up. That one feels pretty easy. Like you could you could just mic up the goalie and you don't have to worry too much about, you know, the mic getting knocked off or whatever. And you're just going to get a lot of great chat, I feel like. Uh, I mean, ideally I'd want to have every single player mic'd up and then you can just really zoom in. This would also be great for fighting racism because... If every player is mic'd up, doesn't matter if they do the little hand cover, like they can still do that. And then just, you know, you never hear what they say unless they're accused of racism. And then boom, we just go back. We check, just check the tapes. Back. Yeah. Check the tapes. Boom. Racism sorted. Thank you. <laughs> Ills like,
2: uh, of the world taken care of by Mike, like just handle these things
0: in five minutes. Done. Keevan, what do you got?
1: So Mike kind of plays a little bit off that, but I think uh, like every, so this is kind of ESPN too. You know, the Sunday night football where they like do their intros of like Brian Bulaga, Iowa, you know, like their whole, they, they <laughs> yeah. say they're their, uh, I love their college. Too, Brian Bulaga. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking maybe like every player just has like 10, like five or 10 seconds to record like whatever message they want. And then like, if they score a goal, that pop, pop, pops up on oh, the screen. Oh, I love it. So yes, like, Keith, I love this. So, yes. like, you know, like be- like Badoya went and ran by, like, after the shooting, he, like, ran, went and ran to the microphone mm-hmm. and said, like, you know, yeah. stop gun violence, things like that. And, and, I mean, and players, it doesn't necessarily have to be political, but if they want to do, like, something silly or, or, like, funny as, like, another celebration, it's, like, face-to-face. Digital celebration. Cam- yeah, I think that'd be Happy sweet. birthday
0: to their child. Yeah,
1: whatever or... it is, you know, or, oh, like, a Keith, man a of the idea. match gets that one, or, like, a, keeper gets a sh- like a shutout, they, they're able to like earn that. I think that'd be kind of cool.
2: Yeah. People they're gonna That's put nice. like uh they're gonna do brand tie-ins with this. People you know these players are gonna be able to like sell their five seconds of airtime to Ooh. Doritos.
3: That's really bringing it down a notch because that is I'm just exactly saying. what will happen. <laughs> but yeah. but at least... That's probably realistic. also why it won't happen. Power
2: to the people, like power to the players getting that money instead of the billion-dollar owners, you know?
3: Well, what, what'll what probably happen is that it, that'll happen for like a, a week and then a, a new rule will be passed that says, you know, yeah, you can true. only promote, you know, the official UEFA yeah, yeah, brand yeah. of chips, which is not Doritos, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's Lays. It's Lays, for sure. It's Lays. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: my, uh my change I have two changes that I would like one is for now and one is for like 2035 we'll get to my other one okay, but for right thinking. now yeah. you can just uh so when I watch the premier league they're... okay so obviously right off the bat I'm choosing the richest league in the world with the best tv coverage because that's where this should be able be possible but uh if you watch a game at Goodison Park, or actually, um, Old White Hair Lane was another one. There is a really good camera angle, like where they're putting that. I don't know, like exactly, like stadium architecture wise. Maybe that's my question, but there is like some kind of um, overhang or something, and they're putting that camera there, and that overhead shot gets you like you are looking almost straight down when the ball's on the near side of the pitch, and it's like just this beautiful over the top view. But then other other stadiums, I think like Craven Cottage. You're kind of like way back, the camera's back, and it's it's more like you're lower, right? I want the the first camera angle everywhere. So if you if it's Craven Cottage, just put a fucking crane out, like put on the roof a crane or a wire or whatever you got to do to give me that camera angle. I should always be able to get that camera angle in twenty twenty one. Like the fact I turn on the game and, and there's like kind of a a game that oh it's at Selhurst Park, which kind of has a shitty camera angle, and I'm like ah. Uh, I don't I don't like this as much. Like it's such an easy fix. I don't know. What, 5, it, what is bucks. it
3: about that angle that you like so much?
2: It's easier to see movement, right? Because players don't run in front of other players.
3: Just because uh, you're so close?
2: Because you're more over the top, right? It's more like, you know, seeing uh whatever, like a chessboard or or
1: whatever, you know what I mean? Um more tactical. You could see like
3: the, yeah.
2: the
1: more like tactics of
3: uh, it.
2: Yeah. But you're not... It's not like you're... I'm not asking for something that's way zoomed out so you can see all 22 players or, like, whatever, because then you lose kind of the up-closeness. But when you're over but still close, which, you know, some stadiums do have, it's just... I don't know. It's just a much better experience, much better picture. Um, So that's my one for now. And my one for 2035 is by that point, VAR has just, like, totally gone crazy. And everything is... There's way more technology in the game and everything. And so... The, the, at that point, they're going to have like some kind of tracking in, on the players, you know, like they're they're wearing some kind of chip or you know that kind of device which they already do, but they just don't use yeah, it yeah. for anything like that. But I, I want the every player on the field, like they can just be normal, but then if they're in an offside position, I want a little red circle around them. <laughs> So that you, you can be like, oh, that guy's offside, he's offside. And then he's like on, and the, as the ball's played, like if he makes that little run where he steps onside, you can like see it happen. I think that would be fucking sweet.
3: And can did, they, do the players have that information too? Like in their Google Glass or whatever? It, it, can they see, like, <laughs> oh, don't pass to Keevan, he's offside right now. He's offside, he's offside. Oh, he's on. And then
0: Keevan's getting in his ear, like, you were offside, you were offside, you were offside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Could they get the technology good enough that on the live broadcast, there's just that little, like, when a ball is played, it just pauses half a second so you can see the line, too.
2: Oh,
0: God. And then <laughs> I guess you have to speed back up to get to live. But, yeah. like, you know, that through ball, you can play that at 2x speed for three seconds to catch up the game. Like
2: <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we could try some of that. We could definitely try some, some implementations of, of, like, it's essentially, like, trying to do the... um first down line or something like that they have in, in football. Like, right. But just give it to you just like that for one uh, half a second or whatever. But yes, I would like we the instant readout of offside decisions. Um, and I would like it visible on the field. I mean, I feel like at this point, the goal line technology thing should be in, we should already get, maybe that should be more realistic. I should start with that. We should get the instant decision that goes to that referee's watch. It should also come over the broadcast. So mm-hmm. when the ball crosses the line, and Hawkeye says it crossed the line, it should just like you know, a big Say so Batman yeah. thing should be like goal on your screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh wait we I, got fourteen years to figure it out. I, so I there's, just there's of, time to play with it. I
3: just thought of one more. This isn't so much broadcast related, but it's tied to what Colin just said, which is that when the ball crosses the line and Hawkeye says goal, there's just fireworks that shoot off behind the goal.
2: Yeah, sure. Why not? Hawkeye's Right every time, right? It's been wrong one time in the history of Premier League so far, and that was a uh, sin of omission, not commission, in that it didn't get one that did cross.
3: We it just should said have one cost. time we don't have fireworks out of yeah, like one time a we didn't get times. fireworks. It's yeah, totally worth it.
2: Every and firework I, was correct so far,
1: and it kept Villa in the Premier League, and they're having a good season, so all well worked out. <laughs> there you go, there
0: you go, there you go. Um, I have a question for you. I don't know if this is just a pet peeve of mine or if it's legitimate. But I feel like broadcasts spend way too long on that uh, starting lineup graphic. And they go through and they're like, so-and-so coming in for left back, this game, uh, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't really care. Like, Flash it up. Yeah. Give me five seconds to look at it. I do not need 45 seconds on the starting lineup for each team. Oh, especially it's- the
2: highlights. The 10-minute highlight package that's yeah. two minutes of starting lineups in the beginning is the fucking worst.
0: Okay. Not just me. Cut that out, broadcasters. Cut it out. Uh, if you've got ideas, come on, this is exactly what we want to podcast about. So please tell us soccer (laughs) thread at gmail.com. Uh, having said that Mike, we got emails. All right. We're going to do a couple
3: quick hitters because, uh, Pedro is coming in with the low effort emails. Uh, so the first one is an email to a meme from Reddit. Uh, it's the Reddit. The meme says, I hope this doesn't rub anyone the wrong way. And then it's, um, a downy kind of, uh, Picture, But on it, instead of the regular Downey uh, toilet paper, it has Minnesota United logo. It says ultra soft. And then it has uh, a photo of Minnesota United supporters section. Uh, This obviously in relation to David Ochoa punting the ball uh, very softly, I might add, into the Minnesota United (laughs) (laughs) supporters section after Real Salt Lake won last week. Um, Kiev, how do you feel about that move? And is Minnesota United ultra soft for getting up in arms about it? Uh, I think you guys like touched
1: on this previously, but I, I mean, I love it. I mean, more interaction from the players, frustration. I'm all, I'm all in on it. I mean, getting and getting involved with the fans and they're I sure punt the ball to them. Hey, I used to go to w- Milwaukee Wave games and they would punt balls into the crowd after a <laughs> goal. And that's <laughs> the most exciting That's how you celebrate, baby. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that ball. Yeah.
1: No, but like, yeah, I seeing players be frustrated and hey, that's, you know, that's more engagement with the game. I love it.
0: I think there is a line where like as a spectator, obviously there's some expectation that you should be paying attention because a ball could come into the crowd and like hit you and you don't want to be like, that's fine. There aren't nets up most places. Right. And I don't think players should be allowed to like increase the level of risk by like purposely kicking it as hard as they can from a short distance or something. But in a case like this, where it's like the ball's just floating towards the supporter section, there's no increased risk over what's reasonably uh, yeah. acceptable, right? So, like, it's great.
2: It's great. Yeah. It's great. We, we're all, we all love this. But I'd, I'd like to point out that this week uh, I did see a clip uh, from Minnesota United, and uh, I cannot remember who they played this week. Maybe Austin? But somebody yeah. ripped a shot and it went just over the crossbar and clocked a Minnesota United fan in the face. Oof. And I just felt like... Karma. Yeah.
0: Poetic they had that justice.
2: Coming. To quote Bart Scott, poetic <laughs> justice.
3: You know, it's funny you say that because that person probably got a nosebleed. Um, <laughs> also, David Ochoa, they, they played at home this week, Salt Lake, and he also kicked the ball into his own supporters section uh, after the game, which I thought was beautiful. I love well, it. That's this is so good. so new, good. A new tradition. I love it. Um, next quick quick hitter from Pedro is a link to a Twitter account called Out of Context Liga MX. Uh, it is a screen grab from, like, a YouTube video that says, Giovanni Dos Santos, the next Ronaldinho. And this is a video from 13 years ago. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll I'll just say before you guys get into it, that we're excited about a lot of young American players. And uh, Gio De Santos is, you know, one of many uh, kind of warning stories of young players who are hyped at big clubs who show something and then, you know, their career doesn't quite turn out as expected. Uh, Dan, any other
0: reactions to this one? Um, I mean... Uh, you caught me much too quickly. I'm trying to Google like how many caps he has. I yeah. guess he's been on and off with the Mexican he's Federation. He's not garbage. Right? So,
2: like he's not the next right? Ronaldinho, it's not like he's but had he's had a not dis- garbage.
0: He's got 107 caps, 19 goals that like, yes, he did not become a Ballon d'Or winner, but this is a guy uh, that's played at huge clubs like LA Galaxy. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, he played 28 games in, at Barcelona, 2007, 2008. He was like a starter for Barcelona during a very good period for them. So, I don't know. A little harsh. A little harsh.
3: I mean, definitely not a failure. Definitely also not the player that they hoped he would be. Yeah. Like, if sure. if uh, if our own Gio, if Gio Reyna is playing for, you know, DC United in 12 years, I think we're all going to be a little upset.
2: Yeah, but if Gio Reyna gets 108 caps, like... I don't know. A little upset. Sure. But like not that upset. That's I don't know. I'm not calling you G- and I'm not calling Gio Reyna the next Ronaldinho either.
3: Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Moving on. Next email is from George Robbins. He wants us to talk more about the Super League. Um, he says, you know, the Super League didn't happen because of money. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We We've said that before. Um, he does say something else though, towards the end, which, which I think is worth discussing. Um, he says the players will follow the money. I think it's possible in 10 years that a much higher percentage of great players will be in Europe. I don't see how other European leagues can keep
0: up. We'll be in England.
3: Uh, so, uh, yeah. So you said we'll be in Europe. Yeah. We'll be in England. So basically like the, the premier league dominance will, will magnify. Um, Colin, do you think that's true? Do you think that's like kind of a given? Unless we see, you know, some kind of outside thing like the Super League?
2: No, no. I, I think this is a classic case of people expecting the current situation to be, like, to persist just because it's the current situation, right? And, like, uh, the English, this English dominance in the commercial aspect of the game is completely a, a thing of the Premier League era, right? Before that, um, the English—first of all, like, the stars in play in England. The game in England was— Like, from a commercial standpoint, way underdeveloped. Um, The FA and their EFL had, like, this big infighting, and it was all this hooliganism. Teams were kicked out of, of European competition. It was like this backwater, right? And the best players played in Italy. And then they made the Premier League, and they started getting modern on the side of commercialization and TV rights and everything. And now they've beaten everybody at that game. That doesn't mean... That somebody else can do that can't do that same revolution, right? That Spain or Italy or Germany can't go. Hey, you know how we could be better in the current era—the era of selling rights to the Amazons and Netflixes and whatever. This new distribution model or worldwide distribution—I don't know. China, like I don't. I have no fucking clue about how to commercialize soccer in China, but if the Bundesliga does that 10 times better, commercializes in China and India and places all over the globe, much better than the Premier League, they will absolutely take the Premier League's lunch on this. There's no reason why it needs to stay the Premier League. Um, So I I don't think that it's... you know He says, like, um, I don't see how European leagues can keep up. Yeah, I, I don't see how they can keep up if they keep doing what they're doing. But there's no... There's nothing that means they'll keep doing what they're doing, right?
0: But, uh, I mean, I also don't think this is a lock, but more because I think people have basically assumed this for 15 years already, and we haven't seen it happen, right? There was a time in the Champions League finals, so Liverpool was in it in 05, Arsenal 06, Liverpool 07, uh united versus chelsea in 08 manchester united again in 09 and it was just like every year you thought an english team was going to win it and everyone like it was a big deal at that time because everyone was like well england's just always going to win the champions league this is not that exciting and uh that hasn't borne out right you go through these phases And that was during super investment time in the Premier League, right? We had billionaire owners. That was during the Premier League era. That was, I think, a very similar time period to now. I'm not sure. A whole ton has changed, except maybe Barcelona and Real Madrid, like, absolutely tanking their own finances. But (laughs) And and maybe that's important, right? Like, that's not a negligible fact. Uh, But I just, we haven't seen it happen yet, so I'm not sure why, like, the next five years is any different than the previous 15?
2: Well, I, I think I actually think that George's point is actually more is less about the top of the league and more about the middle class and, and lower half of the league. Because the the link he links to here talks about how equitable the TV money distribution is in the Premier League. I mean how big the pot is, first of all, in the Premier League, but how they distribute it much more equitably. And that means that the 20th income team in the Premier League Makes more than everybody else except Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, and maybe Juve, something like that, right? Like so, when you think about, I mean, this is not you have to take okay, take away the part of like how much the owners are putting in or taking out of the club, but if you think about how much income is coming in, then whatever it is, like Wolves or uh, you know West Brom should be outspending. AC Milan, right? And you do kind of see some of that, right? You see some of these crazy signings where you're like, um, I mean, one that I can remember is uh, Shakiri going from, did he go to like Bayern to Stoke? And like, you know, Stoke had all these like guys who were yeah. all, had all won like all these titles and shit and had come from big places. And it's like, how is Stoke getting these guys? Well, because they actually have a f- substantial income compared, compared to most of the teams even in the Champions League from germany italy wherever right so you do see that and i'm not saying that that I, that's the thing is like um yeah i agree that if that continues to be the case those mid-table teams in england are continually going to be good but um i just don't see where it's like um spain or, or german teams or italian teams are going to be like we can't make any more money off of off of our TV rights, I, th- I think they need to adapt, but and they have been slow to do so. But I, th- I don't think that's necessarily
0: impossible. Keevan, you had a reaction. I do have another point, but I want to hear what Kevin says.
1: Well, I was going to say is that like how you watch the game is just changing so much right now. So like yes, Premier League was kind of the first for for like TV rights or whatever that may be, but now there's these like 101 streaming platforms, and you have to. You have to subscribe to this to watch this league, subscribe to that. And that's just completely changing. And I feel like there's just, you don't know where that's going to go, but if that does somehow become like, I don't know, centralized or a league figures it out, like the best way to one monetize that and to like spread it around the globe and make it like, yeah, monetize and also just easy access. If they can somehow make that, that's a complete game changer. Like the, the French league figures that out. They, you know they could somehow uh, overcome the uh, Premier League. So yeah. I think just like the At way you watch the game is just changing. Like, this crazy. is a
2: great point that um, the NBA figured this out for themselves in their like competition against their global competition against all these other leagues. Right? Is that they don't take their highlights off uh, Twitter and stuff like that. Mm. If you copy mm-hmm. and paste. They don't copyright claim their highlights so that they get the NBA shared everywhere you see all the greatest plays. It's not hard to find NBA highlights, but if your league is, is copyright restricting that and taking all that down, all that content down, then your league is, is like harder to see in the rest of the world. Right. So it's a, it's a good point, but like, that's the, I, I think that's the type of decisions that can be made correctly or incorrectly, you know, forks in the road. And, I, you know, again, I'm not the person who knows which was the right way to go, but if somebody, if, whatever Spain picks all the right forks in the road. Like they can catch the premier league. Yeah. No problem.
0: I think, Oh, go ahead, Dan. I I was just, my point is like very divergent. So yeah, well (laughs) I I was just going to kind of wrap
3: this up and say like, I think one built in advantage that the premier league has is just the English language is just way more spoken than all these other languages. I mean, pull this up on Wikipedia. It cites, you know, a, what seems to be a, a good source, but, there are 1.4 billion English speakers, first or second language. Uh, Spanish is the next European language uh, in this list, and it's got 540 million. So there's 700 more 700 million more people out there who speak English who would be more inclined to follow a league because they can, you know, go on the official website or the official Twitter. And even though these big clubs and leagues are all putting out information in multiple languages, just being able to have some grasp of the language of the club is going to make following them way, way easier. Um, And I think that can't be understated. And like, there's all these other things, you know, I think the Bundesliga versus the premier league in the U S is a great example. Like it's pretty easy now to watch a lot of Bundesliga games on ESPN compared with the premier league, which is now putting more games behind, you know, peacock paywalls. Um, But still like, there's just not that, not that connection, I think so. We'll see. Um, I also want to bring up one thing that, that George didn't mention, um, but you know, t- timely and related to this, which is the the protest today at the Man United-Liverpool game. Uh, so if you didn't see it, that game was postponed. There's a bunch of Man United play, uh, fans who were protesting and actually kind of like breached the stadium um, and got onto the pitch and were setting off players and chanting. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of protests in the past few weeks. Uh, nothing quite to this level, um, and I, you know I think at this point the fans are really pushing for the owners, the Glazers, to sell. Um, Keeve, do you think this protest will have any impact on that? Do you think all these protests in general are going to have an impact on these owners, you know, potentially selling their clubs? I think it'll have an impact,
1: and like and, and myself included, I don't know exactly what I said, and the last part I thought I. Uh, was on. But I said something along the lines of like the fans don't really have as much of a, like of a voice. Where I mean, I was com- completely wrong with this whole Super League thing. I don't think the owners are going to sell just because money is money um, and time kind of cures all. Uh, I don't think they really. I mean, I think they. I guess I don't. They don't care is a strong word, but uh, I think people getting into the into a stadium for like two or three hours isn't really going to change their change their mind of okay we need to sell like I don't know I still think I mean like if it if it hits like their pay like if they stop going to games I know like I remember a couple years ago Arsenal had this like I mean it was because of poor results on the field and people like stopped showing up to games or not as many people were coming I mean if something along those lines maybe that's Like, and it's hard to gauge right now just with COVID. But if they don't make as much money, then yeah, maybe they sell. But like, if they're still making a profit from it, then why why should they sell? It may
0: not even be like annual profit, right? It's not even like, oh, we can't sell our tickets for the same amount of money. It's does it change the valuation of the club? Like, yeah, but I I just don't think Old Trafford getting broken into makes them. I have no idea what the actual numbers are, right? But that doesn't drop the club from being worth $3 billion to $2.4 billion, Right. That right. just doesn't have an effect on the thing that the owners are in it for, which is eventually they want to sell, and they're going to make a killing. And if this doesn't change that trajectory, then it doesn't matter.
2: I mean, so I would, I would just say that the one... I, I'm not saying that this individual protest is going to make it drop from $3 billion to two point four, but having a game postponed because you couldn't put on the game... Is gonna piss off all your sponsors. It's gonna piss off that TV deal. It's that is your gravy yeah, train. The it's, league. Piss, it's pissing off the league. It's pissing off your gravy train. So uh that is absolutely fucking with the owner's money. And you're exactly right, Keith. That's yeah, all that's they fair. care about. So if that continues to happen for Man U, there will be pressure on them to sell from other owners or from their valuation dropping because...
0: But it's not going to continue to happen. They'll just put up chain link fence around the whole stadium yeah. like every fascist regime does around whatever property they're trying to protect. Right, and but if that makes like, it
2: a less attractive environment, like, you know, you don't, I don't know what the, is, what the next thing 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 is, right? I'm not saying it's going to continue to be, they get broken into in a uh, game that's supposed to be a closed doors game. Clearly, that's not going to be a long-term occurrence. But... Like, if there continue to be things happening that devalues the worth of the club, like, today is definitely devalues the worth of that club to sponsors, right? If they don't know if the game's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah right.
2: That's true. And so if you continue to chop away at the valuation of your club, it incentivizes the owners to sell. Absolutely. And I think it is the way to do it if you're fans. Instead of, like, complaining online, right? That does nothing, right? So, I mean, I, I think that... Yeah, I'm not saying it's like I would rather see soccer than, than uh, Man U fans invading the pitch. It's not really a club I like that much anyway. But uh, like, I actually think it's a, it's a good way to get at the owners' pocketbooks, basically. Well,
1: it it accomplished something, right? I mean, it's one thing yeah. to stand outside and not let a bus in, but like, yeah, if you're if you're stopping a game, I guess it,
3: it,
2: that's a big deal.
3: Yeah, that's a big deal. I think it's, it's a big deal from a, a press standpoint. I'm not sure it's a big deal from an ownership standpoint. Uh, you Mike, know,
2: they put that game on a certain time so they can get a certain amount of eyeballs on it, viewers on it. They didn't put it on Monday night because they would get less people to see it. The sponsors now are yeah, getting but less. It's, it's,
3: it's one game out of hundreds, out of thousands. So, I mean, to, I to everyone's point, if first we see... Step. It's if cost see... somebody
2: millions of dollars. It, absolutely it costs cost people millions of, millions of dollars.
3: dollars, but millions of dollars in the scheme of, like, these big sports clubs is not that much, right? And sure. so, sure. and, you know, when you have billionaire owners, like, they can afford to lose, you know, a few million here, a few million there. And I think just ultimately, like, the Glazers are going to sell or any of these big owners are going to sell because they want to and because they're just, like, tired of the headache, not because of, you know... Fan protest yeah, but, or a couple games getting delayed.
0: This is a headache, definitely.
2: But, but yeah, but the um, American owner Lerner, at, at, who used to be at Villa, absolutely sold because of the headache. He sold his yeah, investment but, because of the I headache, mean, and he didn't get
3: it. Villa like Villa and United. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, he's a Villa less United rich guy aren't the they, same.
2: buying a less rich club, trying to make less of a profit. But he I absolutely mean, sold because of these kind of issues.
3: Yeah, I I just think if you're the Glazers, you're probably just at some, you know, the reason they would sell is because they just look at their lives and they say, you know what? We are billionaires. We have a very successful, you know, team in Tampa. Uh, They just won the Super Bowl. We've locked in Tom Brady to a 40 year contract. We're going to win 12 (laughs) more Super Bowls in the next 15 years. The weather in Tampa is great. You know, Manchester, we're foreigners. We the weather's crap. Like, what are we doing? We don't need this. But I think if they're if they really want to keep owning the club. They'll just keep doing it. And to Dan's point, you know, they will lock down the club. I'm sure a lot of people who were, you know, more passionate about Glazers not owning the club got arrested today. Some of those people may go to jail. They'll all be banned from the club for life. They're,
0: and they're all got their faces all over everything. Yeah, that one, like, the, the big so, dude with skinny like, jeans that lost his shoe. Like,
3: what, bro, like those, put, those wear those a face are,
0: mask. You can, you can a socially acceptable to wear a face mask right now. <laughs> what are you doing?
3: Yeah. I'm just saying like, you need a certain amount so of good. people who are going to really go like, just go for it. And like with each one of these protests, you know, that number probably gets smaller and smaller because these people get swept up and like, it's very easy to find rich people who are going to buy tickets who are also not going to protest in this manner. Like, maybe they're doing online protests, maybe they're staying outside with signs, but they're not going to storm the club.
0: Just more VIP suites, which is all that any stadium wants anyway. Yeah.
3: I think Colin and Mike, I think you guys are
1: agreeing, where it's like, yes, this one act won't do anything, but if it, just, if it keeps happening and stuff like this, then maybe it starts shifting I, that direction. I
3: think like, where we agree, though, is like, Colin thinks it's going to keep happening, I don't think it's going to keep happening.
2: Uh, I'm not convinced it's going to keep happening just because, like, United are shit. Your fans are shit. No. um, <laughs> I, I Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know it's going to keep happening. But I do think this is an effective form of being pissed off at billionaire owners. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yep, yep. I think back to the point that I wanted to make a long time ago, which is cream-related. Cream really does, uh, you know, everything around me except trying to get the best players in the world that come from warm countries to play in England. Sorry, George. Like the real problem <laughs> is that you're not going to get the best Spanish and Brazilian players to play in Manchester ever. Just for some reason, you to, the money you doesn't just do have it for to pay
2: him. them double. And then yeah, like they, Carlos Tevez, whatever. He's just like, yeah. fuck it. This is as much as I could take. I'm leaving.
0: Or, and then also sometimes he won't show up cause he went to Spain to play golf that weekend yep, instead because exactly. he is tired of the Brown food. So the other thing you can do, which apparently
3: Ronaldinho asked for is helicopter rides from Manchester to London. So he could go clubbing, which I don't know if it's true. It was definitely rumored. I love it anyway. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna move ahead. Maybe key. will come back to your email next week when you're not on the pod. Uh, we're just, we're already like 50 minutes in and we still have a really good email left. So sorry, Keith. Thumbs the brakes. Um, Next email is from Pedro. Man, this is really fucked up. I won't read a single Keevan email and I'm reading three Pedro emails. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Keith. Absolute slap in the face. You don't deserve that. You're better than that. Um, he's, he's noting, uh, so Phoenix Rise, so, well, let me back up. Uh, USL Championship, the second division uh, in the US had their first games this week. Phoenix Rising played San Diego Loyal. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, those two teams were uh, very infamously involved in a, a homophobic situation, where a Phoenix Rising player uh, called Colin Martin a San Diego Loyal player uh, a, a derogatory slur, um, and uh, San Diego Loyal walked off the field. Uh, USL decided to have these guys kick off uh, the the league by playing each other, which is you know either a a shrewd marketing move or just a very
0: un unscrupulous, uh, move there. But anyway, Edna got it on nationally televised uh TV somehow. Like, how yeah. is the USL on ESPN? Yeah. Wild.
3: Um, but Pedro's Pedro's emailing in because there was some uh there was a little bit of back and forth on uh on the Twitter. Um so USL or uh, Phoenix Rising, they said um you know that they were ho- hosting uh like a LGBT LGBTQ plus night uh this season, and you know somebody responded basically like when are you having a uh, you know, heteronormative night. And they responded saying, We'll let you know when we have an asshole night and we can honor you at halftime, which is so really good. Just an all timer. Just an all timer. Uh chef's kiss. Uh Pedro notes that this is not the first time that the Phoenix Rising uh you know social media team has popped off on some assholes online, which uh which you love to see. Um there's also been, you know, a big to-do about English social media boycotting this week. And so, Pedro asks, do you think social media workers sh- should-, should say more smoke to people online? Were those tweets sick? Which is just, I love that question. Uh, <laughs> and did they end that man's career? I mean, just, just a lot here. Uh, oh, so good. Keeve, start us off. To answer all those questions, yes. The resounding Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A, a good social media team makes a team. Uh, it makes them worth more, and it makes them like and they're going to be oh, yeah. in the limelight more. So, and I, this is a Wisconsin thing to do, but to bring it back is that forward. Madison is That's popular right. because of their social media team. They do weird things. They and their jerseys. Yeah, they have cool jerseys. And their yeah, jerseys are so good. But it's like very. But like their social media. It's all about you know full Mingo, and they have a a cow as a mascot that they talk about all the time, and they name it after, um, after Bessie. Yeah, Bessie, and I think ro- I think like Bessie Rose, had yeah. a yeah had a Rose LaBelle. So like, yeah, social media like roast people if they're being assholes. Uh, say funny things or whatever it may be because it just makes the team more interesting. You're going to pull in more people, especially if you're a USL squad. Like, Hey, more eyeballs, the better get clicks. clicks, Clicks. clicks. clicks I feel like that's how you get on ESPN.
2: Wendy's used to go at people.
0: Yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Uh, actually it's not actually Wendy's, right. But there's a nihilist Arby's. (laughs) It's not actually Arby's unfortunately, but so good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is so good. Absolutely. Uh,
2: I mean, I, one thing we did say about this is that, uh, I mean, this we support everything that Phoenix Rising is doing here. To be clear, we want more pettiness, more, more of this. Go at people, yes, uh, but that social media person, don't take this job if you are eighteen year old eighteen year olds out here listening to us, because what's going to happen is you are going to think. You know what that person means, but like (laughs) texting and communicating over tweets, there's always ambiguity and you're going to be like, oh, I didn't realize they were being sarcastic or I didn't realize they were saying it this way, had this context and you'd get it if they said it to you in person, but then you're going to tweet at somebody and go at somebody who you should not be going at and, or who is famous and you didn't know they're famous or whatever, and you're going to get fired. So, yeah, it's
0: a dangerous game. It's
2: a dangerous game. So, like you know, don't take this job. But for all the rest of us, yes, absolutely do this because it's it's gr- it's great. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, Phoenix, right? Like they, the last media, like our time they were in the news were for negative reasons, and now exactly, it, and now like around this, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So, well done.
3: Yeah. It it does also feel like if you're in. The news for negative reasons just a great way to distract if you're a club be like all right we pay our <laughs> social media person you know just get
2: Mourinho on they, the tweets
3: yeah just just like do something good in social media and it covers up for a lot of bad stuff you do i mean not maybe not in our eyes but in the larger world like that gets just as much as much uh buzz um all right anyway that was a lot of emails wow great job to the listeners great job kevin i'm sorry i love you I swear we will read your email next week, uh, unless we get the four. Problem, we the get problem four with Kevin's email.
0: Yeah, the problem with Kevin's email is that it's not time urgent. It's a great question <clears throat> with a like a wider application. Uh, there's no reason we have to cover it this week. Yeah,
3: we also got an email from Shrabin about pool six school. I'm sorry, Shrobin. Pool six school was great. Loved your email. We just I can't believe I'm saying this. We don't have enough time. We've got Colin, oh, yeah. who's about to do a four-hour bit. Uh, <laughs> Colin, a four hour bit on over to you. Start the clock. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess
2: I am expecting Dan to ask me a question here to start this bit, but...
0: Hey, so I found out through Twitter that we have a new logo, and I found out because a World Cup winner leaked it. What the hell is going on, Colin? This is
2: exactly <laughs> true, yeah. So uh, I, was, I meant to, uh, you know... Use this as a surprise. I I teased it. I think only two weeks ago, um, because I thought it would take a long time to like come to fruition, and then I would I would do the surprise on the pod. But uh, yeah, um, Yuki Nagasato uh, agreed to make us a new logo, and so she, if you don't know who that is, uh, is plays in NWSL. She's kind of a legend in the women's game. You know, she's kind of towards the end of her career, but uh, has had great success with uh both in the in the professional game she's played for Chelsea Wolfsburg Frankfurt uh the Red Stars and now plays for Racing Louisville um but also in the international game uh she's a you know Olympic silver medalist uh won the 2011 World Cup i believe um and was a runner up in 2015 that is the year the Japanese were beaten in the final by uh the United States and Carly Lloyd scored you know three goals Four, three goals. She only scored three goals in that game, right? Um, I think the U.S. won five to two, and and Yuki had the only goal for the Japanese because I think the other one was an own goal, if I remember correctly. But uh, I do know it was a pretty good goal. Um, but anyways, yeah, she's got like fifty-eight goals for the Japanese. She's an absolute legend, and Just she a made
3: fucking legend,
0: absolute legend, absolute legend, legend of, the of the
2: game. game. And she scored in a World
0: Cup final. Scored won in a World, a World a Cup World final, Cup.
2: and has won a World Cup. And she agreed to make us a little logo, um, so so I, wild. So I said yes, and uh, <laughs> I said sure. Well, you can do that. And uh,
3: so I sent her. Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Yeah, I know she didn't just like she re- DM she us reached like, out. "Hey, I'm looking for podcasts that are really mediocre to bad, and trying to yeah. update their mm-hmm. logos." I saw yeah. you. Can I update no, your logo? Don't sell yours- don't sell yourself short, Mike. This is, you guys are big time. How, how did Good it time in it?
2: Guatemala? She's a huge fan of Guatemalan podcasts.
3: I, and, I respect that. Um, I, I still need to know more.
2: Uh, I emailed her. She said yes. I mean, what do you, what do you want from me?
3: That's, a, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I, I emailed know.
2: her. I reached out to her. I reached out to her. And uh, she's, a, she's a great artist as well, right? So I knew that about her. And so that's why I you know, reached. I wasn't emailing. I'm not cold call uh Reaching out to NWSL <laughs> players or people who have score, scored in World Cup finals or some kind of list like that. Um, I, I specifically reached out to her. She is she uh, is also she's also a great Twitter follow by the way. Um, but yeah, I emailed her. She said yes. Uh, and so then she asked me like you know what what should I do for your logo? And I sent her the logos we've used in the past, which. <laughs> one, uh, which we probably still, if you're looking at this on your phone right now, is probably still the logo because Dan probably hasn't changed it and I don't know how to change it. That's true. The Apple podcast logo we have, it just says like Soccer Thread Podcast as a picture of the four of us, um, not Keevan, Ryan, uh, at a US soccer game, I believe Copa America game um, in different uh, USA jerseys. And I centered that one, and which is something that I made on PowerPoint. And uh, another logo that we had, previously used on some t-shirts and which has a duck on it and i said look these are the logos we've used in the past do whatever you want like i'm gonna say yes it's great i like your style of your art like absolutely go nuts and she sent me a couple choices i picked one uh she really liked the duck which is originally you know originates from palmer saying peeking duck uh, during his uh, his audio checks his his, yes his audio checks um, she liked the duck. I was like, Cool, you like the duck? Go for the duck. Uh, she put some stars on there. She said, Because you said it was a U.S. soccer podcast, and the U.S. women's national team has stars because they've won World Cups. So I put we'll stars that. on yours. We'll I was like, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. We've also won stuff. Um, yeah, we deserve stars. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Yeah. So three time 40s cup winner over here. That's oh, I'm yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, um, I can't remember what else she said. Let me see if I can pull up an email. Uh she said wild crazy duck with microphone in her head. So we know the duck is female. Um yeah, but basically, yeah. That's 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 what we got. Um so we got this wild new logo. Um it's kind of punk rock. I kinda like that fact about it.
0: Uh it's very punk rock. It's very
2: much it's, not like a soccer. Like whenever we make one, it's kind of like a shit soccer crest. It's very much not a shit soccer crest. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's our new logo. Uh, hope you like it. I know, uh, you know, I know Mike's mom likes it. That's all I'm saying. She's. I see. I see. I see Judy on the Twitter. So look,
3: I don't like this logo. I love this logo. And <laughs> there it is. My immediate thought was. Why, how did this happen? And then my second thought, once I learned a little bit more, is that for someone to be so good at multiple things, it just makes me, makes me think, yeah. what can I be even decent at? Because I don't think there's <laughs> anything I'm anywhere near as good uh, at as Yuki is at design. And that's not even the thing she's best at.
2: Yuki also, I'll, I'll have to say, just like super nice human being, was always emailing me back like right
0: away with a lot ask, you know with I ask mean? with like a you lot know, on of Yelp, exclamation points on Yelp it says like average time to reply or whatever on Yelp oh my god I really wanted to know I, right, like I, real time
2: I, yeah I could give Yuki six stars on this like every part oh. of her uh, of this interaction was wonderful I am privileged to have had it
0: yeah if you if you, you, you have a
2: podcast and you're not emailing Yuki right now to get a new logo <laughs> I, I don't know what you're doing honestly you
1: know, you stop know, like, listening to our podcast I'd, social media you can kind of like you kind of get an idea like if it's like real or fake like just like the genuineness with her like twitter and even now you tell me the story like yeah like no that's that's just her like she's yeah she's a great great twitter follower like she's like put pictures of like people helping her change tires and she's like all very thankful and like even just like even the release of the of your guys logo she was just like you could tell like she was love the love like the opportunity and like put like a put work into it and the result shows.
2: Yeah. And like I, I would say that the Twitter, like the whole her ruining my surprise thing was like, obviously I didn't tell her to tweet about it. Right. Like she just was so happy that this came out well and she liked it, that she tweeted at us for no, you know what I mean? Like just like a normal person would, there's no like business aspect to it or whatever. Like, I don't know whatever pick your favorite uh soccer player their person right Shoot, doing their tweets like every single tweet is paid for by somebody right like there's none of that so it was, it was beautiful
0: this it's really uh punk rock enough that it got me to look up japanese punk rock bands <laughs> that i should just try to take a listen to <laughs> to see if i'm like maybe i love this logo so much because i love japanese punk rock and i didn't know it i should check uh some amazing Japanese punk rock band names. So uh, Rotten <laughs> Grafty is a pretty good one. Red Bacteria Vacuum. <laughs> Balzac, pretty good. Bloodthirsty Butchers. Uh, I mean, oh. as most punk rock bands are. Uh, or like Death Metal, I feel like, are over-the-top ridiculous all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, Japanese punk rock, very much. Guitar Red, Wolf, come <laughs> on. Wolf Red
2: Bacteria scared. Vacuum, was that? That was amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just absolutely amazing stuff. That's the name of this podcast
2: right there.
3: Whew, right
0: back to Mummy it. the Peep Show.
3: <laughs> Incredible. Great job, Colin. Also, you definitely uh, you definitely get some credit here for showing initiative. That's going to be rewarded <laughs> when <laughs> bonuses come around.
2: <laughs> I hope my bon- my bonus should be at least 100% more than
0: last year. At least. Yeah, it'll be a sizable chunk of your overall uh, compensation. Your compensation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is so amazing. That was so exciting. I also was like not on Twitter a lot that day. So when I finally got around to figuring out what was going on, like there had been some text messages about like, what is this thing that is popping up on our Twitter? But I hadn't actually gone to like reference what was going on. Just like that double, the double wave of excitement being like confused at first and like something's going on. I don't get it. This is the thing that Colin mentioned, like timestamp the project, whatever. Uh, and then going back and figuring it out was just the When a- she tweeted about it, like,
2: you know, usually when we tweet, we get like seven retweets or whatever, two or whatever.
3: And uh, One of them is Dan usually. I,
2: yeah. And I opened <laughs> my Twitter on my phone or whatever, and it was like, you have 85 mentions. And I was just like, why? Why would we have <laughs> 85? <laughs> what could have possibly happened?
1: Oh, so good. <laughs> lots of lots of Spencer retweets. <laughs> yeah, Spencer <laughs>
2: retweets us. Thanks, Spencer.
1: Uh, or just a spe- uh, one, one Spencer Twitter message that turned into 85. <laughs> 85 <laughs> mes- yeah, he just did 85. 85 messages.
0: <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Go check it out. Uh, I love it. I It's an, nearly impossible to deal with Apple Podcasts because Apple does not care about their podcast app, which makes it uh, very difficult to do anything with. So I'll have to Google how to change the logo on the podcast, but uh, you know, we'll see. It should happen at some point. I mean, after that, do uh, Americans are winning all the domestic cups in Europe? Do we run it down? Do we care? Should we talk about it? It's exciting. I'm excited. It's exciting. Uh, Sergio Dest won the Copa del Rey in Spain. Uh, Mackenzie won in Belgium. Zack Steffen won in. England. Uh, Aronson scored in and won in the Austrian Cup final. Uh, some guy named Lederman uh, won the Polish, he came through the Barca Academy, according to our text thread earlier, I believe. Um, and then some other guys that are into the final, but not yet determined or you know, still in it. Haji Wright in Denmark, uh, Weston in Italy, Adams versus Reina in Germany. So we'll get another one out of that. It'll just be whether it's Tyler or Gio uh that's like a yeah it's a pretty good map of uh of europe uh pool still in fa cup right
1: that's correct yeah and oh uh, hey jesse marsh marsh won a uh cup too don't that's, forget well, the,
2: the same one as it is. Edinson, yeah
1: yeah
0: uh i mean pretty impressive i guess but it's really just the point that uh there are americans on bigger and bigger teams these days is that the takeaway
2: I mean I guess so. It's it's just like it's kind of like validation in some way of like us being like it's crazy that there's so many players now in blah blah blah. It's like yeah, and that means they're all winning trophies. Like they're actually at the best teams.
1: It's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's one it's I mean, no disrespect to like Brian McBride or you know the the first kind of generation of Americans playing in foreign leagues where they're you know like Fulham or like I mean, they're they're in the league, and it's like again, not taking any way uh, any accomplishments, but like to be on teams that are winning cups is pretty
3: very impressive. Like
1: good teams and like contributing
3: is pretty cool. I think it's also cool that you know cup finals are cup finals, like they're big one off games, and I think most of these guys played in these games, started these games, so it's also nice to see you know our guys winning big important games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, and the stefan one is cool like he he was literally the
1: keeper for the entire league cup every single league cup game for man city so like it's not like he just came in for the final like he was there for the whole run which is cool
0: yeah very good um it's good you know trout more trout better trout higher level of trout it's got to be good for the u.s men's national team Uh, Speaking of the original Trout, this is not on the run order and probably terrible content. Julian Green, likely to be promoted. Uh, He's a starter on Gruner Firth or whatever his team name is. Uh, Likely to be promoted back into the first Bundesliga next year. So uh, he's right back in the picture. That's what I'm (laughs) trying to say. He's not a little Trout anymore. I'll say that. He's only 25. Medium Trout. Medium Trout.
3: He's a medium Trout. He's a... He's a Giovanni dos Santos sized trout.
2: Is he a keeper? Can you take him off the hook and keep him or you have to throw him back? That's the question.
0: I think he's already kept. He's, he's, <laughs> he's captized. He's ours. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. What a podcast. Uh, thank you for your emails. Sorry, uh, to the guys that we did not get to your emails. Keep them coming. Anyway, we love them. We read them. They made us happy. Uh, and uh, get at us. What else? Yeah, fuck you guys for not for not reading <laughs> my
1: email.
3: Hey, we deserve that, Keith. We deserve it. Yeah. But thank you for
1: having me on. Always a
0: pleasure. Very fun. Thanks, right, guys. Thanks, Bye.